Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Matthew 3, uh, verse number 11 and 12. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Everybody said fire. Whose fan is in his hand. He will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the gardener. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Revelations chapter number 3. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 14 through 16. And unto the angel... Of the church of Laodiceans, write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful, and the true witness. The beginning of the creation of God, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot I will spew thee out of my mouth God I thank you for your word thank you Lord for your presence it's in this house overshadow us tonight Lord I pray with the spirit of God let it move speak through us oh God use us to God for your glory I give myself away tonight that you can use me. Use this group of people that's come together, Lord Jesus, and put a stir in the hearts and the minds, oh God. For this is a crucial hour, Lord Jesus. Yet, Lord, it can be an hour that's a victorious hour for the church. I claim it tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Several months ago, back a few months ago at least, the Lord began to deal with me in the wee hours of the morning laying on my bed. Took me back to something that Sister McGee and I does when we go camping. And from that came this thought tonight. I want to minister on this thought. Cook it while it's hot. Cook it while it's hot. In our scripture text, the Lord spoke in Revelations, and he had spoke to the church, one of the churches, the Laodicean church, which I believe represents the church of our age, rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. This is what they thought of themselves. I want you to catch that. This is what they thought of themselves. They thought they was rich and increased with goods. They didn't have any need for anything. They were fine. Don't come and talk to us, man. We've got it going on. We've got it together. 
But notice that he speaks to them in a language. And I didn't, I guess, not really realize this until I began to study it out. But he began to speak them in terms of hot and cold. And as I began to study that out, I found out that there was cold waters and there was hot waters close to them. The cold waters being of Colossus and the hot waters of Heropolis, uh, the hot water spring. So he spoke to them in a language that they could understand being close to the cold waters and the warm waters, the hot waters, if you please, that were healing waters. And people ran to, amen. Uh, and so God always speaks to us in terms we understand. I began to think, and you know, there are three kinds of hearts. There is, number one, a burning heart in Luke 24 and verse number 32. They said one to another, did not our heart burn within us? While he talked with us, by the way, while he opened to us the scriptures, it made their heart burn. Number two, there is a cold heart in Matthew 24 and verse number 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And I'm here to tell you that I believe we're living in that day. In the cold-hearted day. And then there is number three, the lukewarm, the lukewarm heart. In our scripture text of Revelations 3.16. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot. I will spew thee out of my mouth. I want to call our attention to tonight that you know to be cold or hot. Understand that you can feel cold. Amen. You can feel cold. Cold is uncomfortable. Just walk outside tonight without your coat. Cold is uncomfortable. Hot is uncomfortable. So you can feel hot or comfortable or, or cold. You can feel hot or cold. But you, you, you cannot feel lukewarm. Lukewarm is comfortable. If you're lukewarm, then you're at the place that you want to sleep. You, get, you, know, you, you know how it is. You, you get in a cold place and you can't sleep. You get where it's too hot and it's too hot to sleep. But when it, you get your, your place just lukewarm, just right, it's a place that you can relax in the recliner and you can go to sleep and you can sleep for hours because it's comfortable. And I believe the state that we're in today is a comfortable state. If we're not careful, it has worked its way into the church, if you please, and we're in a place of comfort. Pastor, get up and preach to us. Come on, tickle our ears. Make us feel good. Uh, uh, preach us a message that, that will stir uh, our little minds and make us think a little bit. But let us be comfortable. Don't bring us out of our comfort zone don't get too hot on us pastor don't don't preach so hard that we don't like it
And so in turn, what we find that this brings, that's when the preacher, the minister starts preaching too hot, then the first thing that people start doing is falling away to some place that they feel more comfortable. My God, I didn't aim to get on this tonight, but it's coming just falling in place that we have got to a place that we want to find a comfort zone because it's too hot for us. I'm not ready for that yet. And the truth is you're never ready to be hot or cold. You want to be comfortable. There's something about us that we don't like it hot or we don't like it cold, but we want it comfortable. In our homes, we want it comfortable. And we'll turn the thermostat or we'll put on clothes or take off clothes until we get comfortable. And I believe we do the same thing in church. If we don't want to feel too hot, then we let it run off of our ears and we don't want to hear. Well, come on. There are certain things that discomfort us so we try to get our place and find our little comfort zone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The spirit of Laodicea measures by human standards rather than spiritual values. I'm going to say it again. I got a lot to go through. I hope I can get through all this. The spirit of Laodicea measures by human standards rather than spiritual values. They saw themselves as a church in need of nothing. Can I tell you that what happened to the Laodicean church is happening in our churches today. The spirit of the marketplace entered the church. It's pure old money and greed. And, and we began to think of how we are faring as far as our finances and how things are going in our life rather than how our world and how our city and how our family is faring. I don't know about you, but I'm worried about this city. I'm worried about my family. I'm worried about your family. Oh, I don't want the spirit of a marketplace to come into our church. Don't want to feel comfortable. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe I can speak along the lines that some of you will understand. If I could say it this way, diet has everything to do with the eyes, spiritually and naturally. Sometimes what you see keeps you on a diet. Sometimes what you see in the house of God keeps you from getting involved because it may cost you something. It, something may be asked of you. Come on now. But the only thing, the only way that we're ever going to have revival is to say, God, I'm going to dive in. No matter what I see, come on. Even if I looks like it cannot happen, Lord, I'm going to dive in because I know by you it can happen. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Spiritually, there is no such thing as lukewarm. You are either hot or you're cold. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You are in or you're out. 
you are Christian or sinner. There is no such thing as riding a fence. If you're riding the fence, then you're lost. Come on. If you're cold, you're lost. Come on, we either got to be hot or cold. And I'm praying to God that in 2013, the very first service in 2013, that we'll get out of the cold stage, that we'll move out of the lukewarm stage, and we'll get plain old hot. Come on, if we can get hot for Jesus, the world can get hot for Jesus. We'll have revival in Mount Carmel. We'll have revival in my family and your family. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Matthew 6 and verse number 24 said, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or money. Or can I say the world system? You cannot love the world system and be a part of God's kingdom. Some place, come on, we're, oh, glory. I know, I'm, I'm a, maybe I'm a harp and I don't know, but if I am, you forgive me because I feel it. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it worries me. When apostolics that no longer, you know, it's no longer holiness. That it's a not, not, not even a part of the church that shouldn't be looking at that and we're going to go someplace else because y'all too holy. But what do they think the Holy Ghost is? It is the spirit of holiness. God sent his spirit, and it was the Holy Spirit. Come on. It was holiness, if you please, and he sent it. Come on. And it lives inside of us. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost. Come on. The spirit of holiness is inside of me. It's got to come to the outside. Oh, be you holy, for I am holy. Hallelujah. So you can't hold to one. Come on. If you love the world, then you don't love God. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. I would that you were hot or cold. The word hot there in the Greek means fervent. In fact, it's got a content to it meaning a team or to be yoked together in unity. That's where we got to get. That's hot. When you get in unity, honey, it's hot. It's not comfortable because it goes against us. Because we are now in unity with one another. And come on, we lay aside our differences because we're pointed to something that is greater than us. Come on. This church, this thing that we are serving, come on. This kingdom of God that we are a part of is greater than you and I. Come on. So I must unite myself with you, even in difference of feelings. We must unite ourselves together to be one in this thing to have revival. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well... I might as well just kind of dig into this a little bit. I knew that I'd have some people that would peek, and I did. You'll never know, never, never even guess who might have peeked. I 
had a little blonde-headed granddaughter that come to me. And she says, Papa, I know what's under there. I said, have you been peeking? She said, yes. Tonight, I'm going to take you on a venture of how to grill. And I'm not a very good griller. But I can start that fire. I know how to get it hot. Glory. I would that you were hot or cold because if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out. Now see, the grill is the container for your fire. You want something to put it in. The charcoal is the fuel. The charcoal is your long-burning fuel. And then you have some charcoal lighter. This is short-burning fuel. Everybody's wondering, boy, I hope Pastor don't start a fire. You know, I'm, wait till I pull out the hamburgers here in a little bit. And then I've got a lighter to start the starter. And then I've got utensils, y'all. So I'm going to take you through this because we're headed in some place that's going to get hot. Glory. See, first of all, we've got to get ready to cook. We've got to get the grill ready. So I want you to know that the first thing we've got to do, and, and if you don't do this, it don't work near as well. But you got to pour that charcoal in there and make a pyramid out of it. Make a pyramid out of that charcoal, you know. And, and I'm going to tell you, God began to talk to me. And I don't know. I've got a lot down here that he said, and I'm not sure I can get it all out. Man, pile that charcoal up in a pyramid on your, in your grill grid there. And if we could ever get the church put together with the pastor at the top, come on, listen to me, and all the rest of us just keep spreading out a little bit as it goes down until we have a nice foundation at the bottom, something to stand on. Come on, I'm talking about unity. Somebody say unity. Let's say yes. <laughs> Everybody must be headed in the same direction for all of us to arrive at the same place. I'm sorry, but there is only one heaven you can go to. So if you're headed in that direction, then we need to get under the pastor. Come on. He is the pinnacle. Come on. He is the top of the pyramid. Let me tell you that blessings flow downhill. Oh, come on. I can put that starter fluid on the top and it'll flow and it'll wet the bottom. Come on. And yeah, I'm about to get ahead of myself, but that's all right. I'm going to tell you, we need to let this thing flow from the pulpit to the pews. Come on. Hallelujah. There needs to be a connection between the pulpit and the pew. Oh, oh. Oh, I'm about to feel the Holy Ghost in this place. 
Hallelujah. Come on, we mean we really need and have to be, if we're going to go any place, be connected to the pastor. Mm, glory. Come on, notice that every, every charcoal bit in here is connected with the next one and it keeps going down and everybody is connected. That's the way it must be in church for us to have revival in 2013. There must be a connection at the top and at the bottom. Connection must not lose its place. There must not be a void or somebody will not catch hold. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before we're ready to do anything in the church, we got to have unity. We'll never make it without unity. Hallelujah. We got to have unity. Hallelujah. Psalms 133 and verse 1 says, Behold how good. Everybody said good. And how pleasant, everybody said pleasant, is it for brethren to dwell together in unity? How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So it's not good if we don't. I know, but you've got to read between the lines. If it's good, if we dwell together in unity, then it's not good if we don't. So it's going to have a negative effect on our life and on our church. If we don't have unity, got to have it. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Need to have unity. Now, second of all, we've got to put the starter on the charcoal. Got to put it on there. Now, I ain't going to put it on, but I'm, I, I've got it here so you know what I'm doing. But what we got to do is you got to get up here and you got to spread that around Soak it up good. And then you said, and you leave that alone for a while. If you just leave that alone for a little while, it's a lot better. Just a couple minutes or whatever. Let that soak in. Come on. You know why none of us sometimes, why we don't receive what we should from the pastors? Because we don't give it time to sink in. fact when the words gets out of his mouth we're already trying to find something to say against it well bless God you know I, well we got to come back before we ever give it time to sink in our head come on to get in our mind it's got to get in our mind this thing needs to soak come on we need to soak this thing come on we need to soak this church in the Holy Ghost power it needs to soak a while my Lord, we're not ready to do anything with it yet. We need to soak a while in it. Oh, Jesus. Soak in it. I remember as a mechanic back in the 60s, working on John Deere's, on road equipment, on farm equipment. We used to have the old two-cylinder John Deere's. And some of those diesels in the 720s, the 70s, and 730s used to have a starting motor on it. It had a four V4 starting motor on it. It was gasoline. And you would start that starting motor. And then it would have a clutch and a decompression lever over here. 
and you pull that decompression lever and you then you would get that engine spinning on that old John Deere and you would let it loose and it would start the big engine. Come on, it took a starter to start the big engine. Come on. Hallelujah. Now I'm telling you, the Lord gives us a Holy Ghost, but you cannot just leave that Holy Ghost and just leave it there. It's got to be stirred up. Come on. There is another fire, the Bible said, to stir up that gift that's within you. Come on, church. We cannot lay it. Let it lay there and not do anything with it. We got to do something with what God has given us. So after that soaks, I've got to get the old lighter out. Now I'm ready to light it. Oh, yeah. I'm ready to light it. It ain't going to light it. I've got no lighter on it. It's not the self-lighting kind. I'm old-fashioned, you know. I like the old stuff. Oh, you don't, didn't catch it. I like the old stuff. I'm old-fashioned. Come on. I don't, I'm, I'm sorry, but some of the new Pentecostalism I don't like. My Bible said to go back and find the old landmarks. Come on, there's something about this new. If we're not careful, it's changed it, and it's not old no more. Come on. The Word of God, come on, has been discredited and changed. Come on. Oh, i got to go back and find the old landmarks. Hallelujah. So I want to tell you something. First of all, if we're ever going to get anything to start us, we're going to have to get in His presence. And there's going to have to be a stir of the Holy Ghost. And there, let me tell you what the starting fluid is in the church. When we get in his presence, that's one thing. That's a good thing. But I've seen see people sit in his presence and not be moved by it. Come on, let that sink in. I want it to soak a while. Come on, you can be in his presence time after time and it never ever move you. Sister Roberta, I won't forget the song. Move me with your message one more time. Lord, glory, church. It's time that the apostolic church be moved by the message. Come on. There ought to be a connection to our pastor. There ought to be a connection to the pulpit and the pew. There ought to be. There ought not to be variance there. There ought to be unity. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When I get in his presence, you know what's going to stir the Holy Ghost up in me? It's when I start. When I start the Bible said he inhabits the praise. That means he lives on praise. And if you want to be where Jesus is, you're going to have to move on Praise Avenue. Honey, you're out of the block if you don't live there. Can I tell you, if he lives there, he breathes it. Come on. He feeds on it. Come on. I'm not going to say he's going to die because you don't praise him. 
he's going to find somebody or something that will praise him. Come on. But what he will do when you begin to praise him is it makes God happy. <laughs> Woo! So that I believe that he stands. He's no longer sitting on his throne, but when you're praising him, he's standing up saying, that's Sister Craig. Bless God, that's Sister Sheila. She's praising me. She's been cancer-free for five years. She's got the right to praise me. Ah! I had to holler tonight because I'm happy that she's been cancer-free for five years. I'm going to tell you, they ought to be not anybody be able to hear anybody in here tonight. We ought to all been shouting the glory. She's here. Come on. Because God moved on her. Come on. And God is praising when this church is praying. Let me tell you, when he starts praising, it starts a flow of the Spirit on us. This is the Holy Ghost. This is praise. I know you don't want me to get close to that. Well, maybe I would take the lid off that. I believe we'd get a little shouting going on around here. We've got the captain back there. He knows where the fire extinguishers are. We've just had them filled up. They're out there by the door. There's two out there. I got to get this water open, y'all. I'm hot, so I got to get cold. Lukewarm. So, can I say that fuel is added when we praise and the fire becomes bigger? I don't know about you, but I like a good old bonfire. Long as there's nothing else in danger naturally, then let us have a bonfire. But I'm going to tell you, spiritually, we can't build too big of a fire. In fact, it needs to reach outside this building. We've kept it contained long enough. It's time to let that thing move on out of the church and up and down the streets of Mount Carmel. Come on, into your households, to your family's household. We need to see revival of praise. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. In Acts 6 and verse number 3, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, Full. Everybody said full of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, I don't know, I, I never really paid a lot of attention to this, but it seems like with the Holy Ghost comes wisdom. Full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. So you tell me the way that scripture reads to you, if it don't sound like when you get the Holy Ghost, God pours out some wisdom that you didn't used to have. And I know that's true because the Bible said the Holy Ghost was given for a teacher. Is that not wisdom? Oh, Jesus. Oh, glory. 
I'm going to tell you, when they began to look for their leaders in the church, one of the requirements was that they had to be full of the Holy Ghost. Church, if we're full of the Holy Ghost, there's no room for worldliness. Come on, ungodliness. It's got to be godly. Come on. If it's a Holy Ghost, it's the Holy Spirit. Come on. It makes you want to walk holy, look holy. Come on. Talk holy. Come on. Hallelujah. It's the Holy Ghost. Oh, Jesus. No room for worldliness. I'm worried about the church. I'm worried about the church who has no room for anybody except their families and their friends. The man called me the other day. I was done at the, getting ready to turn the corner because the pastor had already called me, and I was on my way. Come on, church. What happened? Said, "Well, you know, hey, what's Sister McGee? Mom and I is going someplace, son. We're we're busy. I got plans." Now, I'm going to call your mind back. I'm, I'm going to call your mind back to revival times. I'm going to call you back to Brother Chesser. When he spoke to us for 45 minutes, one of the things that he said is he said, there is going to be people that's so desperate they can't wait till the next church time. And it's allowed to be in the midnight hours through the daytime when everybody's working. And you're allowed to have to go to the church when church is not open. And you're allowed to have to pray for desperate souls. I'm going to tell you, it popped right back in my mind Monday when this happened. Come on, it's a prophecy that's being fulfilled. This is 2013, church. Oh, Hallelujah. I'm getting stirred up. This thing needs to be adhered to. We need to understand. I began to look today, church. So, son, it hit me today what the number 13 represented. If you look in biblical numerology, the, the, the number 13 stands for rebellion. Come on. We are living in a year of rebellion. I'm telling you from the White House down, everybody's rebelling against one another. Come on. When we as a church need to get in unity, we need to get a revival going in our day, in our city, in our family. While the world is in rebellion, we need to get in unity. Because where there's unity, there's strength. Oh, glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, church. We've got to make room for others besides just us. Come on, I don't care. It's easy to get so settled and comfortable that you're coming in here. Well, hey, my kids is in, and, you know, the people that we've always loved, the people we've had church with, they're all here. How about all the others we haven't seen or reached yet? Where are they at? Where's the rest of Mount Carmel at? Come on. Where's the rest of your family? I don't know about you. I'm worried about your family. I'm worried about my family. Come on. I don't know. I'm worried about my friends. Come on. Are you worried about yours? Are you worried about your neighbors? I'm wondering what would happen if Jesus would split the eastern skies and we only had one chance. Come on. Yes, Come on, Monday, only one chance to reach that young man. When he stepped through those church deal doors and started down these aisles to sit on this altar with me, he started shaking all over. 
He felt the Holy Ghost before we ever made it to the altar. And I said, oh, yes, brother, it's in here. He's taken up residence in this building a long time ago. No matter whether there's anybody here or not, Jesus is in the house. I'm telling you, when I heard a little bit of his story and the Holy Ghost began to move on me and we began to pray. Sister Rhonda tell you about she stuck her head out that door and said, man, mercy. There's she, I heard her tell pastor, said, I'm telling you what, the Spirit of the Lord is in that place. I mean, the power of God is real. I'm going to tell you, even though sometimes you think, well, I'll just get prayed for. Hey, when we touched that young man, he started speaking in tongues. There was no doubt if he had it or not. There was no doubt if he got a breakthrough or not. There was tears. He put his head on the altar. He began to cry tears. Could not stop. Come on. Could not stop crying. Could not stop speaking in tongues. One chance. Who are we going to touch? What if this was the last night we could have church? Who are we going to touch tonight? How are we going to reach those on the outside of these doors? I must tell you how important it is. Man, I'm not moving very fast. I've still got pages to go. Brother Aldridge t- called me today, talked to me for over an hour. I'm not even sure how. I lost track. He said, Brother McGee, do you remember the, the guy the last night when you preached and God took over and people began to come to the altar and get prayed for it? One a person renewed and had been coming to church, been out for a long time, a backslider that come back home. And God refilled her. In fact, that one of them, it happened to be his niece. And the other person worked for his mama mowing her yard, never ever been to apostolic church. She had felt to call him that day and she called him on Sunday morning after Sunday morning service. We had a great service. She called him and said, you need to get here because he had had some kind of a problem and, and uh, was sick. And she said, you need to get here. He said, we believe in pray, laying on hands and prayer. And he said, well, I don't think I will. And kind of hung up the phone. It wasn't very long. He called back and he said, I don't know what it is, but something's impressing me that I need to come. And he come that night. He was one of those that came forward. He almost received the Holy Ghost. He didn't, but never been to apostolic church. I want to show you how crucial this is. He wasn't an old man. Come on. He wasn't an old man. Hallelujah. He come to the altar that night, almost received the Holy Ghost, felt the power of God, something he'd never felt before. Brother Aldridge told me today, he said, Brother McGee, we tried to get a hold of him after that. Couldn't get a hold of him. He never called back. He said, the next thing I know, he was in Peoria in the hospital. And he said, the next thing I know, he was dead. And he said, my mind couldn't comprehend that, Lord. Why couldn't you let him just broke through and been something great in the church? Yet God knows all more than we do. He'd ever come back. I don't know if it was because of sickness. I don't know. Only the Lord knows. But I'm telling you, God knows what he's doing. Come on, church. We may only get one chance, one night to win that soul. Are we going to just let it go on by? Are we going to face it? And are we going to do what needs to be done? I got to move. Hallelujah. Where's our compassion for people that might show up at our church?
Are we ready to accept them no matter what we know about them? Come on, sometimes what you know about some affects how you pray for them. What are you saying, Bishop? I'm saying that when they come through those doors, I don't care if they've been through those doors a dozen times. I don't care, Brother Mason, if they've been and out, in and out six times. Every time they come back could be a time that they, God gets a hold of them and they don't fall away again. Come on, church. I've got to believe that. I've got a God that's bigger than that. So let them go back. He's able to restore them. What are we going to do? Are we going to have compassion for them? Are we going to love them no matter what they've done? Hey, I'm telling you, God can change them. He changed you, didn't he? Yet we look and say, well, I know who they are. There's no sense praying for them. No, that's all the more reason we need to pray for them. Come on. If they're in a bad condition, they need our prayer. They need our love and our compassion. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. If we're not careful, we've judged them as soon as they come through our door and never ever get a chance to pray. And if we do pray, it's not sincere. Help us, God. Third thing we've got to do is light the fire. Let it burn till it goes out. So the coals are hot. White hot. Everybody said, that's hot. And when them coals burn, and they turn white hot, and the fire goes out, man, you can feel it up here. So now you spread the coals out. And you slip, you slip your meat, your steaks, your pork chops, your hamburgers, your hot dogs on there, Brother Andy. Close that thing up and the smoke starts trickling out of it. And honey, you're ready to cook. And pretty soon you're going to have some gorgeous pork chops. A juicy steak. Or a hamburger. A hot dog. A brockwurst. I'm trying to get all of you. Hallelujah. Luke 3 and 16 says, John answered saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one, everybody said one, mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Now listen, I told you, there's more to it than the Holy Ghost and the fire. Come on. And with fire. Come on. <laughs> Jeremiah 20 and 9. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire, shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. He said, honey, it's so hot that I'm about to burst wide open. He wasn't cold. He wasn't lukewarm. He was about to burst. 
Come on. God, let us have a revival that we're about to burst. Come on. That we cannot hold this testimony. Come on, Sister Sheila. Oh, glory. I'm telling you, there's a many a time this young lady, I guarantee you, has told her testimony how she should not be here, but she's here. You know why? Because there was a burning fire that was shut up in her bones, and she began to witness, and God said, as long as she's witnessing, I'm going to do a work, and I'm going to pour out healing. Come on, church, if you could only realize you're witnessing in your pre, come on, and your praise and your worship, come on. It puts life into your body. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We spread the coals out. Now we're ready to cook. See, in Bible, the church had to be spread out through all the world before it could ever reach, before everybody could have revival. It must go farther than our city. It must go farther than our county. But when it begins to spread out, I want to tell you, the church will begin to grow. I can tell, come on, when it goes beyond this church, people start coming through the doors that we haven't seen. Come on, church. Come on, if we'll praise him, if we'll add something, come on, as we praise him, the fuel is added to the fire, and the fire gets bigger, and it moves outside of these church doors where our families are reached and the other churches in this community are reached. I've been praying for apostolic pouring out in the pulpits, Brother Jerry. I don't care if it's Baptist or what it is in this city. I've been praying, God, fill their pulpits for the Holy Ghost and the fire. Let the Holy Ghost fire break out in Mount Carmel. Oh, let every church be filled with it. I'm not jealous. Let it be filled. Just have me a good old Watusi. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. A while back, Sister McGee, a couple weeks, maybe a week, we was in McDonald's. Young lady that's, I've just kind of took her under my wing, kind of the daughter because her, her daddy won't have nothing to do with her. I had nothing to do with her for 20 plus years, and I've known her since she's a kid, knowing her daddy all my life. She began to talk about somebody that we knew. And son, this will ring in your ears because I've already told you some stories, dreams this guy's had, and it was associated with our church every time. And he's not. He's not of them. Well, we're the only apostolic church that tells you he's not of our belief. You don't, don't believe like we do. But two times he's had a dream, and he's, he came and sat down and told Sister Mika about it, having that dream. And he said, I don't know, I don't understand it all yet, but I understood it. He said, that wherever I was, he said, you was in control. He said, you was giving me orders. I've known this guy all my life. He's got the Holy Ghost. 
He's got holiness. Glory. And he told me about that dream, and it wasn't very long after that, and he come back and he's telling me another dream, and it was kind of along the same lines. He was in our church again. Well, this, this person happened to be talking to this young lady at McDonald's, and she come back and she said, I asked him, what would you do if you're close, if your church closed up? Where would you go? He said, I'd probably go over to McGee's. What are you saying, Bishop? I'm telling you that there's other people in other churches right now that's taking a look at us. We better watch what we do. We don't want to ruin our witness or telling what God's got in his mind. Come on. I want to keep on praising. I want to keep on giving a testimony. Come on. I want to keep on living the life. church was spread out to reach the world but when it began to spread out the church began to grow Acts 2.41 let me, let me just give you some examples then they that gladly received his word were baptized and the same day there were added to them about 3,000 souls Acts 2.47 praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added everybody said added to the church daily such as should be saved. Acts 4 and 4. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed and the number of the men was about 5,000. Come on, it's just talking about men now. Glory. Acts 4, 31 and 32. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken for they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they be spake with the word of God with boldness and the multitude, now it's a multitude of them that believed of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that ought of things which he possessed was his own, but they all had things, all things common. They shared unity. Everybody said unity. Acts 5, 14 through 16. I'm trying to get some scripture out of the way. And believers were the more, were the more, I like that. Were the more added. Come on. In other words, it kept increasing to the Lord. Multitudes now, both men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick. Come on now. Now it's spreading and miracles are happening now. Come on. At first the church was growing. Come on. They were getting stronger. Now all at once miracles starts happening. Oh, oh, oh. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow them. Come on. Miracles start taking place. He don't have to touch them no longer. He walks by and they're healed. Come on. Men start walking in our church and they feel the presence of God before they ever make it to the front. Come on, church. Miracles. Feelings begin to break out in the church. God starts moving. Hallelujah. There came also, verse 16, a multitude. Here we are. Now we can't number them anymore. It's multitudes. Out of the cities round about Jerusalem, bringing sick folks 
And they which were vexed with unclean spirits, the devil, come on. And they were healed, everyone. Now without number. It's getting big enough now we can't number. Come on. I don't know about that. Maybe that don't excite you. But it better excite you. In 2013, we need that. We've got to have that. We can't wait another year. I'm sorry. Come on, the hour's growing late. Today's a day. Hallelujah. Acts 6 and 1. In those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, now the disciples have been multiplied. I don't know. Are you, are you getting excited? Glory in Jerusalem. When the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. Now listen to all these adjectives. Greatly. Come on, without number. And a great multitude. Can't, can, they're not multitude. It's, it's a great multitude now. Of the priest. Oh, now God's bringing the priest in the multitude. We're obedient to the faith. Acts 1 and 8. But ye shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem. And Judea and Samaria to the uttermost part of the earth. The Holy Ghost. The spirit of holiness. Come on. The fire is inflamed. It's fiery. It's fervent. It's the evidence that comes forth by the spirit. Come on. Hallelujah. Oh Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. I'm about to get there. Oh Jesus. And something Sister McGee and I does, and I'm coming to a close. We have learned to do, and this suits me fine, that way I don't have to get the grill out. Last few times we've went, we'll cook whatever we're going to fix for supper, we'll grill whatever we can, and that thing's doing so good, she'll say, dear, let me just get the rest of that meat out of there. We'll just, we'll just grill it all. Then all we got to do is slap it in the microwave and supper is ready. So what I'm telling you, church, that we need to cook it while it's hot. Come on. It is the opportune time. There's only a span of time, Brother Mason, that you can do that. And you need to get it while it's hot. So as soon as we pull that off of there, she slaps the other meat on there, and we keep on cooking till there's no meat to cook. Come on. Oh, I'm trying to preach to you, church. We need to cook it as long as there's something there while the revival is hot. Come on. I hate it that we left them two revivals earlier this year, this last year. Come on, dwindle down so quick. Oh, God, if we just kept it coming, if we could just kept throwing something on it, getting somebody saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, baptizing another individual. But we are so fast to quit seeking at the prayer room. Come on, fasting and praying. Come on, and doing what we do during revival. Let me tell you something. When we have a great service, we need to take advantage of that opportune time. Everybody is running the aisles and worshiping. We need to take advantage of it. I don't know about you, but I need some more fuel on the fire. Honey, let's just keep praising him. Let's keep worshiping him. God is about to do something in our families. 
Cook it while it's hot. Don't waste all the energy. Now, I'm going to tell you, we should take it a step further. Sister again, when, when I get through with, the, with all the cooking, the grilling, I've usually already got the campfire. I've, I haven't got it started, but I've, I've got everything built up, and it's ready to start. So I take that over as soon as she gets through cooking, and I'll just pour them coals on the fire, and I don't have to use nothing. And phew, the fire started. You know why? Because it's hot. Come on, if we could keep revival going while it's hot, everything you touch will be hot. If I can get you hot, everything that you touch coming through those church house doors is going to be touched by the heat in you. It'll make them hot. I would that you were hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, honey, you're comfortable. You ain't even going to get off your seat. You'll go to sleep right there. Pastor McGee, a concern. Brother Aldrich says, Brother McGee, I don't know when I've ever seen so many people fall asleep even while you're preaching. It makes me worry. And I go home and say, man, I've lost it. I can't even preach anymore. Right. You know what? It has nothing to do with that. They've made themselves comfortable in the presence of God. And when you make yourself comfortable in the presence of God, honey, a bulldozer could move you off the seat. You're getting quiet now. I, I can tell I'm cooking now. It's getting hot in here now. Oh, glory. Come on. We need to use the coals to start another fire. Come on, if we've cooked all we can, let's just start another fire and let's wait. Come on, let's, let's wait on something else to happen, church. We need to grab and cook everything that's in sight while it's hot. I need to grab anybody, everybody, young or old, come on, backslid, come on, lesbians, homosexuals, prostitutes, drunkards, drug addicts. I need to grab every one of them I can. Come on. Well, bless God, I don't want them in our church. Well, I do. God can change them. Come. If you don't want them, honey, they're not going to come. If you don't witness it to them, they're not going to come. You got to make them welcome. I can, I can almost feel this. They'd probably take the sign down, but make a big old sign that said, all drunkards, all drug addicts, all homosexuals. All you are welcome in this church. Bishop, you better take that down. We'll be full. That's all right. Let them come in here. Let's get... If you get hot, they won't be able to stand it. They'll get right or leave. Come on. Come on. They'll be in or out. They'll be hot or cold. They'll either get in or they'll run out. Some of you that's been around a while was in the first church. You'll remember some people that come in and sit on the, next to the back pew. 
They've been, stood, they've been sent there to take down names. They're going to break up this little church. You're causing us a lot of trouble. You've been baptizing people in Jesus' name. They went to our church. You, I went and baptized 12, and there were several of them in there. So we've been, take, we've, we've been sitting here. Take, they didn't tell me that. Wouldn't you know what I said? I was still working then. Setting the supper table, Lord, give me a message that night. I didn't know this coming. God did. Said they'll be sent in to spy out your liberty. Fourth of July, and so I've been again to preach on celebrating our liberty. And there were some nervous people getting nervous back there on the back pew. Next thing you know, they was out of there. One of the elders in our church, he didn't tell me this until two weeks later. He, too, he said, I didn't want to tell you that really, they, uh, you know, too close. But he said, I've waited till now to tell you. But he said, I want to tell you, Pastor, that group that come here, they said they'd been set in here to take down names. And said, when you began to preach what you did, said that guy looked at me and said, he knew I was coming. I didn't, but God did. Wasn't long after that, we was in the Dairy Queen eating. My son was young then. He, he's still young, but he was... He was a young man then, I'm telling you. This guy walked in the door. He was up there kind of in line. Well, in fact, I think he was ordering stuff. And he looked at my son. He didn't say it to me, he knew better. He looked, he shouldn't have said the son because son set him straight. But he looked at him and he said, That church you all's in got a spirit. He said, Yeah, and you were it. He never even ordered his stuff. Out the door he went. What I'm telling you, church, is when we as the church get hot, the devil can't stand it. We become a stop sign to the devil when we get hot. Come on. When we get a move of God, the devil cannot stand it. I'm closing. I preached too long. Church, this is 2013. First service of the new year. I'm going to say these words. Today is the day. Today is the day. What are we going to do about today? Y'all going to get your grill started? Or are you just going to let it sit there and nothing's coming out? Are you going to cook it while it's hot? Or are you just going to let the fire go out and you're going to have to build it again? You know what? We have lost our telling. How many people, because we've let this happen, we've let our fire go out, and then we have to rebuild it. Next revival, got to rebuild it again. Fire goes out after a little while, rebuild it again. I wonder what it would be if we just keep the fire going. When one revival would run into another, and the first thing you know, Mount Carmel is stirred, and your, your family is stirred, and people are coming in, and there's being miracles and signs and wonders. Thank you for listening. 
If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.